I want to give a huge shout out to all of our staff who have worked so hard behind the scenes in what you're seeing this morning to make all of this possible, and all of our wonderful church members who are continually volunteering their time, again, some being here this morning, six feet away, of course, and some who are doing so many things from home to check on people and just to continue being the church. So we thank you all so much for your continued prayers in virtual presence with us here this morning. It has been a very interesting week here, as I'm sure it is at your home, full of new things and figuring out what it means to do school or work in these new environments. Much of our week typically here at the church is spent planning, looking ahead for sermon series, upcoming Bible studies, thinking about new outreach opportunities, looking forward to the summer, we plan months and months out so that we are prepared. And then something like this happens. And we are a bit scrambling at the last minute to pick up the pieces and ask, how can we continue to do ministry in this new way? And in times like these, we are reminded that our plans are just that, plans. God is the only one who knows for sure what tomorrow will hold. But interestingly enough, we are continuing in our planned Lenten series that we planned before Christmas because it still seems to be so relevant for us today. Isn't it great when the Holy Spirit is obviously present, even in our planning? So today, we will talk about breaking the chains of the status quo. Webster defines status quo as the existing state of affairs, especially regarding social or political issues. Well, last week... It was the status quo that we all went to work, kids and youth went to school, we were able to socialize as we pleased, we came to worship in this morning, we would have just finished drinking our coffee, eating our donuts together, we would hug during passing of the peace, but then the chains of our global status quo were completely shattered by COVID-19. Adults and children who had weekly schedules and routines were mandated to stay home for the foreseeable future. People with loved ones in nursing homes are no longer able to visit when they please. The stock market has plummeted, so now for thousands, millions, not only is this a health crisis, but also a financial one. The list goes on and on. I think it's safe to say that our communal status quo has been thoroughly disrupted. But I trust that unless you've been living under a rock, you already know how serious this virus is. You know that this is not a joke and that precautions need to be taken now so that we do not overwhelm our hospitals. You've been getting constant updates as things change every day. And so you've been worrying yourself sick about what these uncertain times and how long they will last. So this morning, instead of talking more about the fear and anxiety that likely we all have, we're going to talk about healing and restoration because I think we could all use a little of that. So now, hear these words from the Gospel of John, chapter 9. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 only. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva 
and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back and was able to see. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. In your free time today or this week, I encourage you to read the remainder of John chapter 9. It will show you the entire scope of the story of the healing, how people responded to it, and the ending of the story. But for this morning, we're just going to focus on those first seven verses where Jesus disrupts the status quo. The status quo about who to heal, how to heal, and when to heal. But first, who to heal. At the beginning of the passage, Jesus is walking with his disciples and they pass a man who is born blind. The disciples assume that either he or his parents must have sinned so that he was born blind. This was a very common cultural and religious claim at the time that illness was a result of sin, which manifested in physical differences. Because of this belief, this man would have been totally ostracized from the rest of society, not able to work, not able to enter the temple because they believed he was with sin. So typically in the Gospels, we see a pattern of people with those physical differences approaching Jesus and saying, we want to be healed. And this was not only for the physical sake, but so they could be fully restored to society. But here, Jesus heals a man who is totally passive. He does not approach Jesus. He does not ask to be healed. In many ways, it seems like Jesus uses him as an object lesson. But still, Jesus gives him sight. Second, Jesus disrupts the status quo about how to heal. Jesus heals this guy in a really gross and unconventional way, in my opinion. It says that he spits in dirt to make mud. And I want you to think about how much spit that really would have had to take to make enough to rub on someone's eyes. It's really gross and not something anyone should be doing, especially during this time of social distancing. But after touching his eyes, Jesus told the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And immediately the man was healed. But not just physically. Now that he is healed physically, he is also healed emotionally, socially, and spiritually. He can be fully integrated into society. Third, Jesus disrupts the status quo about when to heal. In the part of the story we didn't read, it's later revealed that Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees are pretty upset about this. They say this man cannot have come from God because he's breaking the rules. He would never do this if he were from God. But Jesus does it anyway. This man was healed and his entire life was changed. Jesus is in the business of healing and restoration. His healing is all-consuming, it knows no boundaries, and covers the mind, body, and spirit of people. And in doing so, he disrupts the status quo of a normal, everyday life for the person who's healed. Before this unexpected week, I wonder how many of us were so entrenched in our lives, in our schedules, in our to-do list, in our own status quos, that we could not see that we too are in desperate need of healing and restoration. This has been a topic of discussion in our Sunday night Young Women's Bible Study. We've been going through a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Homer, in which he says that most people today are addicted to a hurried lifestyle. He says, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. 
psychologists and mental health professionals are now talking about an epidemic of the modern world, which they call hurry sickness, as in they label it a disease. One definition describes hurry sickness as a behavior pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. Everyone in the group agreed with him that this is a problem and that it does feel like it's the norm to be rushing around from one thing to the next to never really having a moment to catch our breath and to rest. But the problem we kept coming back to over and over again was how do you break out of that? It's not like we chose to fill up our lives, our schedules, one day. It happened over a long time with a few commitments here, a few yeses here, and of course, all of these were done with good intentions. But eventually, we have no time to spend resting with family or growing in our relationship with God. And then this week, all of a sudden, the entire nation was brought to a screeching halt. Everyone was mandated to stop, to slow down, and to isolate. We were told that we must stay home with our families for the sake of others. It's not lost on me that this COVID-19 outbreak has come to our community, our state, our nation, our globe, right in the middle of Lent. A season each year when we are supposed to stop and draw near to God. But again, when was the last time you actually felt like you could do this? Often we get so stuck in our routines and our schedules, so much that we can be blind to the things that are keeping us from full communion with God and others. Our habits, our schedules, our priorities, our good intentions can actually be our downfall. But now, we've all been forced to stop and to push the reset button on our lives, on our calendars. Could this be the healing we are all in need of? When Jesus came across the man born blind, he was not seeking healing. It seems that he was at least content with how his life was going at that point. But Jesus stepped in and showed him that life could be so much more full than he ever imagined. With some spit mud and a touch from Jesus, everything changed. Not only were his eyes opened, but he received the gift of salvation at the end of that passage. This was an unexpected, unplanned moment of total restoration. I can't imagine that anyone today would oppose such a touch from the divine. Perhaps healing and wholeness and restoration can come simply because the Lord is our shepherd. Because sometimes the Lord makes us lie down in green pastures, leads us beside still waters to show us how a restored soul feels. In an unexpected way, there are already some signs of hope and healing popping up across the globe. These are glimmers of hope that remind us that sometimes healing is muddy and gross, but from that comes new life and a restored sense of what it means to be God's people. Listen to some of the amazing ways people are working to bring healing and restoration in the midst of this tragedy. Each night at 8 p.m., Madrid residents come outside of their homes and give a standing ovation, a round of applause. They're doing this for the Madrid healthcare workers amidst the stress the spread of COVID-19. Folks in Italy are gathering on the balconies of their homes, of their apartment complexes, to sing together as a sign of solidarity in the midst of their quarantine. Dozens of museums in Europe and across the US are offering virtual tours of all of their exhibits. 
The Chicago Aquarium released their penguins so that they could walk around and see all of the other animals, and they filmed it so that we could see their reactions. A man in Connecticut who could not visit his wife in a nursing home on their anniversary came with balloons and a sign and stood outside her window. The sign said, I've loved you 67 years and still do. Happy anniversary. His wife could be seen blowing kisses and smiling from her window when she saw the sign. Even in our own community, I've seen signs of healing and hope. Families in my neighborhood have been going on nightly walks together, playing basketball outside together. People are outside getting yard work done, doing the one-day projects we all have a big list of. People have been engaging with one another in new and innovative ways on social media. People are resting. They're reading books, being creative. And hey, I think we're all really starting to understand the true value of our educators, of our healthcare system, and of our first responders. My goal in telling you all of this is not to discount the very serious nature of this virus or to put a silver lining on a global health crisis. Instead, I hope to encourage all of us to open our eyes to the ways this unexpected time of social isolation can bring the healing and restoration our souls so desperately need. So I wonder, what might it look like if we allow Jesus to open our eyes? Where would we see healing and restoration is needed in our own souls and in our community? With our eyes opened, we might see that there are hundreds of families in our very community who are in need of food and financial assistance because schools are closed and many businesses are closed. Healing might look, giving, might look like giving some of our income to help them along in this super uncertain time. With our eyes open, we might see that for some people in nursing homes and assisted living, this feeling of loneliness and isolation is not new. With our eyes open, we might see that these people need to feel this healing touch all the time. So possibly healing looks like incorporating normal visits to people in nursing homes or assisted living to remind them that they are not alone and that they are not forgotten. With our eyes open, we might see that we've been so focused on our careers, our status, and our appearance that we've neglected those in our very household. Healing might look like investing more time in our families, even after everything goes back to normal. This time in our lives is going to draw us into radical change, just like the man in the story. We will not be able to leave this time the same as we came into it. Because Jesus is working in and through us to heal and restore our communities. We just have to open our eyes to see it. There's a great poem that's been floating around on social media. A woman named Kitty O'Meara wrote it in response to this pandemic outbreak, and I think it's so beautiful. So whether you've heard it before or this is your first time, I invite you to let these words wash over you. And the people stayed home and read books and listened and rested and exercised and made art and played games and learned new ways of being and were still and listened more deeply. Some meditated, some prayed, some danced, and some met their shadows. And the people began to think differently, and the people healed. And in the absence of people living in ignorant, dangerous, mindless, and heartless ways, 
the earth began to heal. And when the danger passed and the people joined together again, they grieved their losses, they made new choices, and dreamed new images, and created new ways to live and heal the earth fully, as they had been healed. In this season of Lent, in this season of social isolation, of stopping, consider how this unprecedented time can be used for good. Let, your, let Jesus open your eyes to the places in our communities, in our families, and in our own souls that are in need of healing and restoration. Jesus has come to heal us of all things, and in this, we will be restored to the people we were created to be. May it be so. In the name of God, our Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen.